welcome back, X's and T podcast fans. It's Danny here, you guys. Really excited to be back with you guys today. Um, first and foremost, I again, I just want to thank everybody so much for all of your support, for all of the kind words, for sharing the podcast, for just everything that you guys do to help support this community. I think it's so important to continue spreading these types of messages, whether it's domestic violence awareness, anti-MLM content, or just mental health in itself. So again, thank you guys so much. Um, you guys, I bring back with me another story about Amway. Oh, God. I don't know that we'll ever get to a point where Amway will cease to exist, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately, there are so many people who have been hurt by this corporation and their various lines of affiliation that it just hurts my soul, to be honest. Like, I will never, ever, ever stop talking about it. With that being said, though, I'm not here to defame Amway. I'm not here to defame any of the lines of affiliation, Brit Worldwide, Worldwide Dream Builders, um, URA, LTD, any of you guys. Um, I do recommend listening to people's stories. However, you're a grown adult. I'm not going to tell you not to join. What I am going to say is to listen to these stories. Proceed with caution because a lot of these stories... Every single one of them has validity to them. And we don't share them for no reason. We share them so that way we can, one, spread awareness, two, help healing, and three, hopefully, hopefully somebody hears at least one and they decide, you know what, I'm not going to join that organization. But that's up to you. Whatever you decide, totally up to you. So again, I'm not here to defame anybody. I'm not trying to get sued. Yes? All right, cool. So you guys... These organizations are crazy. They're toxic and they're fucking horrible. Now that I've decided I don't want to defame them. But yeah, this is my based on my personal experience, personal opinions. Um, I have with me today a brand new guest. Her name is Jackie. She comes to us from Brit Worldwide, which is an organization that I'm slowly starting to get to know. She actually knew a previous guest that we had on the podcast before. And you guys, her story is intense. So I want to add a trigger warning on the off chance that we get into anything super personal and super um, traumatic, especially when it comes to Amway. I want almost every single episode that we have here has some sort of abuse that happens in it. So trigger warning, if that's not for you, Hey, we'll catch you in the next episode. Um, but you guys, let's have Jackie here with us. Hey, Jackie, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. I am so excited that I've gotten to connect with you. I love the fact that we connect on so many different levels, which is awesome. How did you find this podcast? <laughs> Surprisingly, my upline ended up sending it to me. My old upline ended up sending it to me. And I honestly didn't pay any mind to it because, um, well, you know, he, he put me through a lot while I was in Amway. So, and on top of that, he had me blocked. So, you know, he went out of his own way to unblock me and to send me the um, audio. Um, I kind of told him to, you know, to leave me alone, to F off and practically screw him and Amway. But yeah. I, I could not get the curiosity because I saw a familiar name on there. And I was like, could that be who I think it is? And it was Consigna. And I was like, you know, I'm going to hear this out. So I, I pressed on it. And when I listened to it, I was in shock. I was I was so deep into it because I told you I had to listen to this two times. I was like, wow. Like er everything that she went through and how people in the industry would like edify her so great. But her story is like the total opposite. It's like a nightmare. 
you know, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody, not even on my worst enemies. I was glad to reconnect with her. You know, it was it was great reconnecting with her. And, and we ended up having brunch and, you know, we, we bonded and we um, understood where we were both coming from, you know. And then that's how I reached out to you. And I was like, hey, like, hey, I have a story too. Like, I have one hell of a story. Like, I, you know, it's it's probably not as big as other people, but it's something that I would... I would love to share and I would love for people to, you know, be on the lookout. So, because if it could happen to me, I, I'm pretty sure it could happen to anybody. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, it's just an awareness. And if people want to take it the wrong way, that's not my problem. That's your problem. Um, I'm going to speak up on my experience and, you know, and I even took the time, like, you know, you gave me some time to even, you know, think about what I'm going to say and, I took my time to even type it out exactly what I'm going to say and, and, you know, remembering in details what happened and what was said. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, to, you know, to bring this up big awareness so people could be aware and not get screwed over practically. Yeah. Which I find it so fascinating that you guys know each other and that you guys kind of have that different perspective of the same organization that you guys were both a part of this same circle, which will be really interesting to hear how your experience was with that and all of the things that um, transpired, which honestly, I think your story is is so important. I think every single individual person, sometimes people, they say that they're like, oh, my story's not, I'm like, I'm telling you, your story is important. It is big and it is huge. So I'm really excited that I get to be here to help you spread that story and help empower you to do that. Um, which is, is insane, right? I don't know that there was any point in time in life where I had ever considered that I would be talking about being an ex Amway member. Um, where were you at in your life kind of when you, um, were getting to know Amway? Well, to start off like, okay, so I was recently divorced, right? I was 22 years old and I was practically left with nothing, but that, you know, from that marriage, um, but that didn't stop me. Um, so I found a really good job. I worked in an urgent care, and at the at that time, I really thought it was a really good job. But things were slowly, you know, like at the at the moment when I first got the job, things were looking up, and I feel like after I officially got divorced by court, I just wanted to get out there again, you know, make friends, have experiences. Uh, I didn't expect to look for love. Uh, for a really long time and because I was really trying to focus on God and myself and especially on my daughter and I would notice one male in particular you know I guess when people started to find out I was single you know a lot of people would try to like you know like my pictures and all that stuff and you know how that goes but I never really took it serious that one particular guy would just like like all my pictures looking at my story though just like whatever and you know one day I went I, I would go hiking you know with my cousins and I guess we had that in common me and that guy and you know he asked me like oh like you know where did I go hiking and then I told him like oh I go I went here I, I, I don't even remember if I told him the right place but I he asked me to go hiking with him right so you know, we went hiking on, I guess, on his birthday, if I if I recall. And, you know, it was it was pretty nice. And then, you know, he was asking me later on, like, hey, like, you know, what you've been up to? What do you do? And 
I told them, um, you know, right now I work in urgent care. And I had asked, oh, what are you doing? He was like, oh, I do flooring. But on the side, I made on with a couple <laughs> and they, uh, you know, um, are about to retire in their 30s. And I made another couple who retired actually on their, at their 30s. And, you know, so he practically massaged me, you know, just let me know someone who's available. And I was just like, oh, that's weird. You know, like in my head, like I've never heard about that. You know, I've, I've heard millionaires, you know, but someone retiring so early and it, it, it really got um, a bit of my attention. And I was in the car. I remember I was heading to church. I was in the car. I was with my dad. And I had asked my dad, hey, have you ever heard someone retiring at their 30s or before their 30s? And he's like, uh, no. He's like, I mean, he's like, there's businesses where you can spend more time with your family. But retiring, like, retire is like, you're never going to work again. You know, he's like, that's it's super rare. He's like, the person probably has to be disabled, you know, in order to retire that young or something. And... I was just like, oh, like, you know, whatever. I was just like, I didn't really pay mind to it until, you know, later on when things started going a little off on me. Um, with this guy, it was, um, time went on, you know, me and the guy, you know, we went for a couple hikes. Things were great. Um, I, I just thought that me and him, we were just friends, then that's it. Uh, I never looked at him with the intention to be more than friends until one night one step turned into another step um you know we're playing some pool and we're both were drinking and in our culture the way we say hi is by giving a kiss on the cheek you know and the way we say goodbye is the same way so i guess that particular night we happened to accidentally kiss each other and you know I really questioned myself, do I even like this guy? Because to be honest, he just was not my type. You know, he, I, I just didn't see him that way. But um, I'm the type of person who doesn't really look at looks all the way. I'm more of the type of person to see how you treat me and how you are as a person. So I gave him the chance, you know, to, to date me. And, you know, that's, when things were going pretty good at the time, uh, you know, and it came to the point where people are like, were making fun of me or I didn't care, you know, I was just like, whatever, like, I'm gonna be who I feel happy with, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, and I told myself, I'm gonna decide who I want to be with. So, you know, as time went on, I would notice he was getting ready for a meeting one night and he made it seem like he was going to do business and I remember he would say like I have mentors and I can't miss these meetings and I thought to myself oh wow like okay this guy's a businessman you know I didn't know what he was doing you know I didn't know anything about the business and right. you know um, I just left it at that I never asked him like at that time I never asked him in particular like oh like what is it that you do or you know in details I just like let him be but then I started to notice, as time went on, I started to notice some red flags, you know. Um, we went out on a hike and afterwards to a restaurant. It's called Jimmy's. And on the way there, 
um, I don't know what was going on with him. He just looked so bothered because we were meeting up with his friends and I guess we were pretty late. And I was like, hey, dude, like, relax. Like, you're getting frustrated for no reason, you know? And I told him, we're about to go eat good, you know, just chill. And he realized that he was losing his cool. And I ignored it because, you know, we can all get hangry at times. But yeah. the, real, the real red flag was like when we were in the restaurant, you know, he passed me the menu, we got drinks, and he asked me to choose between two, which was either seafood and steak. And keep in mind, I guess the seafood was uh, less extensive than the steak, but I, I, and like, I really wanted steak. So when I told him I want the steak, he, he kind of got offended and he just like, he looked at me and he kind of rolled his eyes and I was like, like, what the heck? Like, I, they say something wrong. Like, I, I didn't know what was going on. And the waitress came. And keep in mind, like, we're around his friends, too. You know, we're all watching. Yeah. Fight. And the waitress, wow. came <laughs> the waitress came in. She asked, like, oh, what do you guys want? And he looked at the menu. And then he looked at the waitress. And he's like, yeah, we're just going to have seafood. And I was mm -hmm. confused because I was like, he, he seemed like he didn't want to speak to me during the whole, like, the whole time during the restaurant. And I, honestly, I feel like my self-esteem went straight down, you know? Yeah. And it, I feel like it shattered on the floor because all I could think about was how do I get his approval again? Like, what did I do wrong? Like, you know, I didn't understand. And like yeah. about this story as time went on and I look back at this, I asked plenty of like my male cousins, my brothers, and I even asked my husband, like, hey, what do you think about this situation? And they, they all answered me the same answer, you know, like that, you know, it's pretty messed up. Because a real man off when a real man offers something, that means he can afford it. And it should pleasure him to spoil you because you're his woman. You know, and I mean, why else does he bring you around his friends, right? And why else does he bring you to a restaurant that is quite expensive? Like if you know you're gonna waste money, like you know that you're gonna waste money, you know? Yeah. And maybe, you know, he was trying to test me. You know, that they, they were saying, like, maybe he was trying to test you uh, what kind of woman you were and to see if you were a gold digger. But that's not how you do it. You know, the way you want to test a woman to actually see um, if you're a gold digger, you know, he could have just let you know about his budget, you know, and see your reaction. You know, because when my my husband asks me what I want, there could be times where I can choose, like, you know, something expensive or there'll be times where I can choose something inexpensive, you know, but at the end of the day, he will communicate with me when he's on a budget. But, you know, there'll be times where he's like, no, babe, like get whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but the way he did, it was, I feel like it was like a way to fill his ego in front of his friends. Yes. You know, that's, that's what I was thinking. Like the, the, the disrespect to you, oh, I'm I'm like, my jaw was like almost on the floor. I was like, what? And in front of people. So when you said your self-esteem was like shattered on the ground, oh my God, I felt that because holy fuck, that's not okay. And you're right. It just seems like, like there was some sort of weird something that caused this that was either going to give him gratification or it was going to make him, like there's just... So that's one of two ways. I'm, I'm so sorry you experienced that. That's absurd. No, yes. Um, 
I I kind of I saw the red flag and I saw that he just couldn't look me in the eye and I try to like ignore that unfortunately because um, yeah. I'm the girl who doesn't just leave because you know one mistake or one you know so-called miscommunication um, but I feel like I should have known better right there you know I feel like I should have gotten up and I should have been like no this is not right like that was rude like you know um, because if I tell him like hey um, what do you want to do today or what do you want to eat today do you want to eat this do you want to eat this and he chose something that's expensive I'm like uh, no we're gonna do this like <laughs> you know the yeah. math is, uh, like it's 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 weird like don't offer if you can't afford at the end of the day and exactly yeah, you're trying to test a woman out to see you know if they're a gold digger like I don't think that was the right way you know yeah. I know not a gold digger because I mean that guy never gave me money to be like here spend money on this spend money on that you know I never asked for money unless there were times where I did need it but I would do my best to pay him back you know it was not that right, I was yeah. you know um so I tried to look past it and I moved on from it um more time went on um he decided to take me out canoeing and this is how things started to hit a little bit weird and a little dark um not just with him but with one of his female friends um I feel like I almost literally died at this event uh, we went on a path I guess we weren't supposed to go to um that one particular female friend was like oh no I'm not going that way never been through there and you just never know and honestly she did kind of have a point because Everyone from the group was curious, including myself. You know, I was like, oh, let's go this way. And since that current was taking most of us that way, we just decided to go the right side, right? Um, literally, as soon as we got into that lane of the river, it started to look bad because there was a tree that had fallen down across the river. And there was only one way to get through the gap, which was all the way to the right side. And everyone was like, hey, lay low. Like, you got to, like, go, like, pretty low in order to pass through. And I couldn't reach all the way to the right side. Uh, once that happened, my canoe flipped over. And I was under the water for a very long time. Um, and But thankfully, I found a gap where the seat was, which had air. And I finally got to breathe but the the current of the water like a river is very fast believe it or not like they'll in the canoe it may feel slow but when you're in it it can swing you and there's rocks so I'm getting hit from left from right um I finally pushed a canoe over my head and I remember Eduardo got to me and you know I just thought it was like a little rumble rumble nothing major um I tried to shake off the fear and Eduardo let me get on his canoe because my canoe kind of just went flying away, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. dragged it down and I got on the canoe. Then he tried to get on the edge of the canoe and then we flipped over again. And <laughs> no, I'm already traumatized from this enough. And you flipped over again. Yes. So <laughs> when I flipped over, my heart dropped because I all I can all I see is that I go in the water and then I come back up and I see the guy just just being just dragged from the river and I'm like, oh my gosh 
my heart is dropping. I feel like I was going to die. I was not stopping. We, I was in there for a good, like you would think a couple seconds, like 30 seconds, it's not long. But when you're in the river for 30 seconds, it, it feels like forever. You know, anything could happen in 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm getting oh yeah. left from right. And I got hit so bad on my right hand thigh, the outer thigh, to the point where I got a bruise there for like a, a good couple, like for a whole week, I guess you can say. It was pretty bad. I couldn't, I could barely walk when I got out the river. But point blank was that I, I see little small waterfall. There's like little small waterfalls. It's just dragging us. And I get scared, you know, they're small, but there's rocks, you know. So I finally grab onto a rock. And I get up. Um, it's not that deep, but the water is very strong that it can really take you. So and and the and yeah. the rocks are slippery, so you can easily slip. And I and I'm and as I get up, I'm near the waterfall, and I'm trying to go towards the man, and he's like, "No, go the other way." And my dumbass listened to him. <laughs> I go the other way, and I slip, and then the waterfall takes me again, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" And I get so scared. But finally, we reached. Uh, a very calm spot in um of the river and you know I was just relieved that happened and I was a bit scared um when that happens you're just like you feel like you're gonna die I was literally started I started to pray to be honest I was like God like don't let me die here like I can't just end like this you know and yeah. at the end of the river I remember this is where it got a bit more dark. Um, there was a bigger water waterfall and each one had to go by themselves down, you know, by, by themselves down the waterfall. And I guess the guy goes, I saw the guy go first, Eduardo go first. And his female friend sees me that I'm going there. Then she gets in my way. And I kid you not, the girl did push me to the other side and the other side, which is the left side of the river, was more rocky and the fact that she pushed me over there and she didn't even apologize after I feel like it was super intentional and oh. I told I, I told him right I just don't want to be around his female friends but it was like when I would tell him he wouldn't believe me because I mean he grew up with these people so he has a whole different perspective from them you know yeah and he believes that they would never do anything like that but I'm like why would I make up a story like that like that's not something Honestly. to play you know and I I get along with people you know I I don't have any enemies I have some female friends and I just feel like that girl just did not like me for no reason at all you know I I guess I don't know like I I always wonder like why she did not like me I had never said anything to her so it was super weird I'm just in shock. Like, are you okay? Like, honestly, <laughs> do you still go see water? Because I don't know that I could ever look at even drinking water ever again after that. You know what? I um, I love nature. And it did take me a while to um, get back to the river, to, to have that confidence to get it inside the river again. Because um, that experience, it to me personally to me it was pretty brutal um I'm a wild soul to be honest I 
love nature. I am the type of girl who will get out of the trails and find my own path and, you know, climb rocks and climb up the trees. Like, you know, I just, I love the fact that I feel like I could be free in nature and do whatever I want. Yeah. Holy shit. And this is before Amway. This is before, before Amway. My God. <laughs> This was like God warning me, like, get the hell away from this guy, please. You know? And I'm like, no, like, let's give him another chance. And he's like, all right, all right, fine. Like, you're going to learn. You're going to learn the hard way because that's somehow you like to learn. So you have this chaos happen. This guy is disrespecting you in front of your friends and you almost die in the river. And like you had said, this was like what you kind of look back now and you're like, oh shit, the university, God, someone was trying to warn you about all of this. Mm -hmm. And, and I totally get it though. You gave this guy another chance because why wouldn't you? You're like a really nice person. You have a huge heart. Like, obviously this guy had at one point done something and, and been a certain type of way that warranted another chance. I've been there. So no judgments on that because we all make decisions and we never really know where they're going to lead. And somehow this decision led you to Amway. So you go through all these traumatic experiences and, and how does he start bringing up the business to you? It's, um, it's more like, okay, so I was working in urgent care, right? I, I honestly got tired of my job because I would manage two facilities at the same time and it was stressful and I felt like I couldn't live like this anymore. And since I was dating Eduardo, I would tell him um, and he would finally ask and told me that the offering is still open if I wanted to meet his mentors. And I honestly had to think about it for a bit. Um, but after having a bad day at work, I ended up telling him that I wanted to meet his mentors. So he set up and MG1, a meet and greet one, right? Where I meet David, which is his sponsor. And I remember we met in a cafe. And it's now called Hansel and Gretel. Um, everything seemed great. You know, David was talking about building a business that can give me passive income without exchanging my time. Um, I would ask him specifically what it is. And he's like, I can't really give you details right now. This is just an introduction. So um, he found out that I was a mom. He persuaded me that I could give all my time to my daughter instead of corporate America. Um, he then gave me the book, um, The Business of the 21st Century. Um, he told me to read it. And I remember Eduardo was on top of me the next day asking me like, did you read the book? I'm like, no, not yet. I haven't gotten the time. He then tries to push me to read it as soon as possible that David is going to question me and is part of the process in order to be a part of the team, in order to meet his mentors. Um, I was just starting to feel overwhelmed because I have to go to work from seven to five. Um, I get home by 5.45 because of traffic or sometimes by six. I make dinner, I spend time with my daughter, you know, it was a routine. So by the end of the day, I was drained, you know, um, I honestly didn't even finish the book. Um, I just read mostly the quadrants and, you know, like and some stuff out of the chapter. I was just going like, I don't know, they, I guess they wanted me to read the whole thing, but I was just going chapter to chapter, just seeing like, what was it about? Give yeah. it a feel. And honestly, yeah, it did catch my attention because I mean, I'm young. I want to be successful. 
and it's something it was something new for me and I thought it was very thrilling to know a little bit more about you know the quadrants um we had the meet and greet too right uh the end of this particular meeting the Vaughn I mean (laughs) crush that um David then tells me that they're having an event but it's already full but he is going to quote unquote see if his mentors can let me in um just to make me important it is you know what I'm saying like yeah, we, well, I don't know if we can, I don't know what we can do, but we might be able to get you a seat into that room. There's so many seats available. Like you're going to have no shows. You're, you're going to, you can squeeze me in. Okay. You can get, you want me in this call desperately enough. Trust me. There's five seats ready for me. Like that's how they are, but they use that, like <laughs> they use that scarcity mindset to make you truly believe like, oh shit, this is a big deal. Like I can't fuck this up. I, I need a space into this room. Like and it's so ambiguous because you don't even know what you're going to go see yet. And you know what's so crazy is that at first when he told me that, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm going to get the spot. And but because I was dating Eduardo, I didn't um, I, I I didn't believe he would lie to me. But now looking back, he would lie to me. And he was like, hey, I got good news. Like, they got you a spot. Like, no, it was actually full. And I my dumbass actually believed. I'm like, oh, so he wasn't like lying he was actually telling me the truth that it was full he's like yeah we actually got you a spot someone exit out uh i guess they couldn't make it so we got you a spot and i was like wow like oh my gosh i feel so dumb thinking about it but don't i'm telling you like they do it and it's okay like you're not dumb like if you're dumb i'm dumb we all dumb because it's it's so powerful the way that they say it too because they're like it's a guy, he's coming into town. He's not in town very often. Again, a lie. And then, you know, this room, you you have to be in there. It's a part of your process. You know, like they make you believe like if you don't get into this room, your process is over. You you lose this opportunity. So no, so much validity as to why you felt the way that you did. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. But it was just a basic event that they have every Tuesday. And um, I go through the process, right? The leaders were explaining the exact same thing that uh, that David told me during the first and second meeting. And what they were practically using was like the law of repetition. And in order for your, it's like in order for your experience and memory to strengthen each time you meet up with them. And it could be a good thing um, to use when you want to achieve something, right? Um, something good out of it. But under these circumstances, um, this this is where they begin programming, like reprogramming your brain. Um, and scientifically, the law of repetition does reprogram your brain. Um, I was very gullible. They caught me at my lowest, practically a single mother, um, of course, with a boyfriend at the time who hates her job and just wants to spend as much time as she could with her daughter, right? Um, I literally believed every word and more because I was influenced by the guy that I was with at the time. And I'm the type of girlfriend that I will ride and die with you, even if the wheels fall off, you know? Um, They actually made me write this stupid letter how much I would dedicate myself to the business and why I wanted to be in the business so bad, almost like getting into college. You know, like if it's such a big yeah. deal, 
And I, at the time I started to even think like, wow, like these people just don't let nobody in. And he would make me believe like, just because you're writing this letter doesn't mean they're going to approve you, but you really have to give it your all. And he literally would come, like he literally came over to my house to see how I was writing the letter. Because he's like, you can't just write the letter, a simple letter, like, oh, like so-and-so's, like, no, you have to write like a paragraph, like a summary, you know, like you're writing a letter to the president. And I was like, oh man, like, is it that serious? Like, yeah. And <laughs> they made it seem like it was a privilege to be there. And honestly, it was not. Um, as soon as I, I signed up, Sam, uh, which was one of the leaders of the organization, which one of the wives of the leaders of the organization, um, she began what we called, and Ksenia explained, right, and one of the podcasts, um, love bombing me. And was like, oh, wow, like Eduardo's got a keeper. A woman who supports her man is rare, all this bullshit, you know. She was telling me that like she sees a, like that I did like the best choice of my life, that we're gonna be a powerful couple, all this stuff, right? Um, and she was like, now that I think about it, she had like this weird robot smile, almost like it, her face was like stuck, like it was almost like a Barbie, like you know how a Barbie just waves and says hello. It was like that, but it was not genuine. You can just tell by the look of her eyes. It was like she had to force herself to smile. And yeah. I, was, I was like, oh, it's not a big deal. But as time went on, I would, I'm the type of person who actually studies people's facial expressions. And I can tell when you're actually being genuine with me or not. And I can tell how she would speak to certain people and how she would speak to people that she just doesn't want to be around with. And honestly, yeah. I was one of those people. She would smile with her eyes when she was really genuine. And if she wasn't, she would like widen her eyes and smile. And I was just like, I'm trying to like picture that. I'm like, I'm, I don't know if I can even do that. Yeah, like it was just like, it looked like a robot, like, uh, like from a movie, you know, like a robot from a movie where they just smile. It was and, glazed like, up. Yeah. She was glazed up, right? She had that, like, what's so interesting is I just learned this term that people use for, like, cults, like, people, or they use it traditionally for, um, like, people in the Mormon church. Like, you can tell somebody who's in the Mormon church, like, from a mile away, because they're all glazed up. They got the glaze. And now every time I think of Worldwide and Amway and all the people, I'm like, oh, yep, they're glazed up. Oh, my, honestly, she was really glazed up. I'm not gonna lie. Yes. And you know, at the time, I, I really believe I did a great choice because, like I said, I wanted to just make friends and build experiences, right? And things, it started to slowly fall down, excuse me, when I got to the third meeting. Uh, I was super shy. Like, if I, if I didn't know who you were and I had to get out of my comfort zone to talk to you, I would sweat bullets. You know what I'm saying? Really? So. Yes. And I will have um, panic attacks to the point, like I've had panic attacks in my past where I've had to have the ambulance come and treat me twice. Wow. And meetings, I would have small panic attacks to the point where I have to go to the bathroom and calm it down. And I tried my best to keep that to myself because I feel like you know who you can open up to and you know who you can't open up to about panic attacks because there's some people who will make you feel like 
you're overreacting, you know, or people who just don't understand, you know, um, the whole point of anxiety. There's some people who were like, I've never felt anxiety in my whole life. Like, I don't know what the hell you're feeling, you know? So <laughs> to me, I just, I just kept that to myself. Around the third meeting, Eduardo seemed pretty distant. Like he didn't want to talk to me. Uh, I felt weird because he was the type of guy who loved talking to me. He was always hands-on, you know, at first, um, especially the fact that, you know, we've had some adventures together. And I felt weird how we just kind of like were standing by ourselves away from other groups. Um, after that meeting, he kind of made it clear to me that he did not want me to touch him or hold his hand because business wow. is. And in my head, I'm like, what? Right. Like, that's that's weird. Like, you know, and the messed up part was that one of the cross lines came up to him and was talking to him and rubbing his back at the same time in front of my face. And of course, like at the time, he's my boyfriend and my blood boiled. I was like, you know, but I kept my composure, but I feel like that was very shady and rude. Um, to this day, I don't even know if that girl did it intentionally or it was just the way she is because yeah, there's people like that, right? But still at the end of the day, like, you know, to you gotta have common sense when you see that guy has a girlfriend and they're obviously like standing very close together you're not just randomly going to go up to the guy and start rubbing his bag and speaking to him at the same time. Like it just looks shady. Right. Exactly. Uh, That's so suspicious. Like, especially now kind of looking back and knowing how all the men in worldwide scratch that. We've had some fantastic men on this show, including, including Ariel, who's with Ksenia who have left the business and they're great people. However, there's a lot of shitty men in this organization and they are players. Like, let's be real. That's what they are. And it's so like, I'm so happy that you did not like end up in like jail that night. Cause I, that like fires me up for you. I'm like, excuse me. This is like, but then they preach that it's such a wholesome organization. It's such a good place and, and no cross lining. Right. But this person is touching him. I'm just shocked. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and okay, so like during Thanksgiving time, right? Um, I wanted to spend the holidays with him together. And I told him to pick me up at a certain time. Um, we agreed. The night before Thanksgiving, um, my daughter was having a hard time sleeping because she had a bit of a cold. And you know how that can go. You know, um, she woke me up twice in the middle of the night. Yeah. And I guess my alarm when it went off um I didn't even hear it because it was on the floor under some pillows um by the time I woke up I realized it was late and it was about to be the time that he was going to arrive um and when he was outside I began to explain to him that I'm getting ready and I told him that it was just best that he would just come back later because I don't want him to wait, right? I give him the option. Um, kind of like changed his tone of voice, used a little bit of a voice of authority and questioned me, why? then why did I ask him to come at this time and I'm not even ready? And I was honestly so tired 
like I was exhausted. Like my mind was just not at the right track. Like, you know, when you're a mom, you're doing multiple things at the same time. You're just like, you have a foggy brain, you know? And um, I was so tired that I forgot the main reason was because my daughter was sick to begin with. Um, he then proceeds to tell me to just get ready as fast as I can so I can just head out. And I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, yes. So girl, I promise you, I did my best to hurry up. And with a kid, it's hard, especially when they got a cold, you know, because you got to yes. take up the fingers and, you know, she has to eat. I can't just get her ready. Like, you know, like all that stuff. And I don't think he even understands how it is because he's a father, but he barely even sees his kid. Um, and I'm not going to get into detail with that. Like, that's his that's his business. But I feel like he, I don't. Personally, I feel like he doesn't know how it is to get ready with a toddler, you know, because my baby at the time was barely two. You know what I'm saying? So while you're getting ready with a two-year-old, it's not the same because a two-year-old requires a lot of attention. You can get ready by yourself within 15 minutes. Um, but with a kid, it can take up to an hour to an hour and a half, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, as a whole hour passed by, trust me I felt bad during the whole time getting ready and he's outside waiting because he already had food in the car right that he had to go take back to his family and then he calls me and I'm like you know at the time I was like hey I'm so sorry baby like um I'm, I'm about to come outside I'm just getting the baby ready and he's like what the fuck is taking you so fucking long like don't you fucking understand I have fucking groceries in my fucking car like I was, yes, girl, I was shocked the way he spoke to me like that because he's never spoken to me like that. And I'm like, hey, like, why are you talking to me like this? And, and you know, like, I've, I've never had this guy lash on me like this. So he proceeds to tell me because you fucking, co you fucking come to me and tell me to come here at a certain time and you're not fucking ready. And then I told him I'm coming outside, you know, my dumb ass. I'm, I'm scared because of the way he spoke to me. And yeah. on top of, I, I had him on speaker and my mom heard everything. And when I go outside, keep in mind, you know, my daughter has a cold and I'm taking her outside with no freaking shoes on and she just has stockings. Uh, that's how scared I was, you know, and yeah. I come from, like I said, in the beginning of this story, I was recently divorced. So I come from a verbal abuse and I'm not trying to talk shade about my, my ex here. You know, if he ever hears this podcast, I'm not trying to talk shade about him. It's just a trauma. And when I know we both put trauma towards each other, but that's not the point of the story. But the point is that I come from a verbal abusive marriage. Right. And then I haven't truly healed from that. And going into this guy that he's treating me like, super sweet you know I see some red flags here and there but he has not verbally abused me like this and then to out of the blue for him to just do this it it kind of like triggered a trauma where it put me like I'm, I got scared and if you would see this guy how tall he is you'd be like what the fuck Jackie like why how are you scared of that <laughs> you know because he's my he's my same height um next thing you know my mom me and my mom comes outside the door and yells, Jackie, are you seriously getting overwhelmed just because he tells you to move? Look at your daughter. She's standing on concrete and has no shoes. 
uh, I looked down and honestly, I felt like the worst mom in the world. I felt stupid at the same time. And I honestly just wanted to cry. And she then proceeds to yell and she says it in Spanish. She's like, that motherfucker ain't shit. He's just like your ex-husband. He's manipulating you as she should. And I don't regret her saying that. Um, Eduardo just stares at her and drives off with me. And then he proceeds to tell me that my mom is crazy for yelling at him, that he didn't even respond because she looked crazy. And I told him like, yeah, I, I was like, that's because you were yelling at me. And he then tells me, why are you telling your mom about our relationship? And I was like, I didn't tell her anything. She heard you. I had you on speaker. And then he gets uh -huh. mad at me. And I feel like he got more mad because he was embarrassed, you know? And uh -huh. I guess he just didn't have the boss to admit it that he fucked up. Yeah. You know? Imagine how crazy he looked yelling at you, like for literally nothing. Your mom, it sounds like had a valid reason because he was threatening you. And sometimes parents, we, like their anger is in a way a protective thing. My dad does that where he's like just trying to protect me, but he does it in so like such an angry fucking way. Yeah. Imagine how fucking crazy he looked. Yeah. Uh, I agree a hundred percent. Um, because I I never spoken to him like that. That was that was really rude, honestly, to me. Um then as more meetings went by, um, I would realize something that he would not introduce me as his girlfriend. Uh he would have introduced me as Jackie. He would say, like, hey, so and so, this is my downline Jackie. And I honestly at first I didn't catch it until later on. Uh, I was like, why does he introduce me as his girlfriend? You know, it's just something that just pops up, you know? So then I asked him, I was like, I was like, hey, like, why don't you tell people that I'm your girlfriend when you introduce me? And he says, because that's not important as, and it's none of their business. And he's like, that we should focus on um, more on the business. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? You but know, even like with the downline part, like even like he could just introduce you, like, let's say, like, let's give the benefit of the doubt for just a hot second. Let's say people want to keep this private, right? And and it was like, oh, well, we just want to privacy, whatever. And we're like, if this was somebody else, they could be like, oh, this is my friend, Jackie, or this is Jackie. She's awesome. Something like that. But the, the, the way that they say this is my downline is yeah. so derogatory because like that was the one thing that I remember just hating about my sponsor Robert he would introduce me as his downline I'm like I thought we were friends this is my friend like I would always say that with guests with with people it's like that's another fucking human whether you see them as something or not like the term downline just got to be like I said so insulting and so derogatory I'm so yeah. sorry that that happened I mean, I'm I'm glad I went through that experience because, you know, as as you go through these type of battle experiences, you you start to really realize your true worth after you heal from them, you know, and you promise and act on it that you will never allow for a man to treat you in that certain in that certain way ever again. So, um, I'm glad I went through this experience with him because it. It did lead me to have a, such an amazing man, which you know I'll get to at the end on how I met him. But um, you know, back to what was going on is that um, I began to observe other couples in the events, and I realized they were holding hands, and 
I would hear how they would both introduce each other to other people. Um, and I even see how the females even rest like their heads on their boyfriend's shoulders or their arms while standing up, you know? A lot of things that I would realize a lot of couples would do. And I get it. Some people don't like to be touched, right? But I mean, this guy was hands-on from the beginning until I got into Amway. And I ended up finding out it was all thanks to Samantha and her husband's influence. And I know this because Samantha told me herself. And I didn't want to seem as a controlling girlfriend, but it made me sick to my stomach that he would just wanted to hide what we were, you know? Um, I mean, he would not hide it on Facebook, but on Instagram and in any way he would cover it up. Um, and I would ask him why, you know, like, and he goes on and tells me that why is it such a big deal that like, cause I had asked him like, why don't, why do you post me on Facebook, but not on Instagram? You know, and this is like time passing by. Like, you know, like we've been with, the, we've known each other. We've been talking to each other from May to like around September. I, I just, I was curious. I'm like, why do you post me here? But you don't post me here. And he's like, it's not such a big deal. It's not like anyone cares. And I'm like, but I care. You know, he goes on and, and makes me feel guilty about controlling him, that he does not like to be controlled. And keep in mind, I never told him to post me on, you know, Instagram. I just had a question and he got so offended about it, you know. Um, and I found out even more that, I found it even more weird that he had pictures of his ex-girlfriend on his IG account like old pictures from years in a, like back in the day. And I don't understand why he still had pictures if they were broken up for a very long time. You know, his ex had moved on and already had a baby with someone else. And I mean, she was in a happy relationship. I even asked him, why do you even have pictures of your ex on there? And he says that it's too many pictures for him to go and delete them. And he doesn't have the time to take them off. And having pictures is a big thing for him so he can keep memories. I mean, it was so freaking weird that he even had another picture of an ex-girlfriend while he would have broken up with that specific ex-girlfriend. Yeah, so this I was is, like, interesting. Who doesn't have time to go delete photos? Like when you move on from somebody, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, yeah. yeah, the only time I could even maybe see having a picture of an ex is like okay well we had a child together this is a picture of the three of us and the child when my child was first born or maybe like your first significant other it was like oh that's so cute but like it's weird like i don't like having pictures of your like that's that's so weird i, I i'm so glad you mentioned that you felt like that was weird because i was thinking that too i'm like what that's a little strange it was strange because he he had like this Google account where he had all his pictures in Google, right? And he would, I would be like, who's that girl? He was like, oh, that's the girl that I was dating after I broke up with a certain ex. And then we got back together a couple months later. I was like, what the fuck? And like, I feel like that should have just been for like, oh my God, I know I should have just ran from there. Like, get the hell away from me. Like, that's toxic as hell, you know? And um, I, I would just stay quiet because... I feel like 
if I were to say something, he would get all offended about it and, you know, so offensive about it and would just not want to talk to me. And I just did not want to get into another argument. But I realized that I my grudges began to build up. Um, but back on the meetings, things started to take a turn when I feel like not only he did not want me to touch him, but I feel like he was ashamed to be around me. And by that, because like when I would go to another group and he was there in that particular group speaking, right, um, he would go to a different one. You know, he'll just stay there for like a minute and then he'll go to a different one. And that made me feel uncomfortable because honestly, I didn't know anybody. And I remember people would just stare on how he would just leave me alone. Like um, there were some people from... Well, one particular person, I, would, I can't say some people's, one person in particular that even said that he could tell how he would treat me, you know, that it was pretty weird. And I would feel embarrassed and confused and subtle, even disrespected and honestly just lonely, you know, and it's true what they say that when you're surrounded by so many people, you can still feel lonely. Um, then he, you know, he just set that boundary straight up with me, like to not hold his hand, to not kiss him while we're in a meeting or around the team. And I was so confused. You know, he stated that in the business, it's not professional to kiss or to hold hands in public during meetings. That most couple, and he went into specific details, like most couple like Monica and Harris will go to different groups separately at every meeting. Um, I was not comfortable with the idea, but I wanted to succeed in life. And since he was, he would always mention to get out of my comfort zone, I would go and do it, you know? But having severe anxiety and honestly, yeah, the fear of abandonment, you know, was getting in the way. And I later on noticed how most couple would hang together, hold hands and, you know, even give small kisses and stuff. And I just, you know, as any other individual, I just began to question his loyalty. And later on the road, um, I found out that Sam, one of the leaders of the cult, <laughs> exposed herself to me that it was her idea to have him let me be alone to see how I would handle myself. And she even admitted that she should have never done that because now she sees that it has caused tensions in my relationship with him. Like, I didn't think that was going to happen originally. Like, she didn't have the forethought to be like, I wonder how Jackie would feel about this. Like, huh? No, like, we're, we're this guy, we're going to, we're going to promote toxic masculinity here and we're going to hurt this girl. And you're right when you said that somebody had noticed cross line notice. Like, we can see when stuff's not okay. Kind of like what you were talking about with the facial expressions. Like, you can do your best to like fake a smile, but it's embarrassing. Like, and Sam did that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she did. bitch. <laughs> I'm yeah. mad at her for you. No, I, I've... Uh, that that girl's special. And I mean, she's a special type of stupid, honestly. Um, when she told me this, I was infuriated. And unfortunately, and to this day, I still kind of am like this. Um I'm the type of person who can be extremely mad, but hold it in until I've had enough. You know, I just, yeah. I, I hold it in until I, I let it out. And I feel like 
I've had to learn, you know, throughout the years to learn how to communicate angry, but not express it in a very negative manner. But point blank is that um, I, I I do my best to to be slow with my anger, but sometimes, you know, you just feel like people just trigger your traumas, you know. Yes. And during this conversation, she stated that we should all have a conversation. You know, all of us, um, David, Michelle, M- Michael, Sam, uh, Nathan. And Michael is her, her husband and Nathan is her brother-in-law. And me and Eduardo. Um, she said that having mentors is not just mentoring about business, but also relationships. And that she has so much experience with her husband because they've known each other and been with each other for 10 years. Um, and quick comment on that comment what that she told me um honestly not every relationship is the same you know everyone has their way of handling their emotions and understanding their partner but here they expect you to do everything like everything the same including how you maintain a relationship so if I wasn't good enough for Eduardo and these mentors tell him to drop me then he must drop me and if you say man you're like the black sheep of the group but yeah. you know like back to the story so she mentions you know um that they both can speak to a dardo so he can have an idea how to treat me and so i thought at that moment i believe that i was in good hands but that meaning that that meeting only got him to think that he had more options because michael was practically telling us that we weren't even that serious because one for one we don't have a bill we don't have a car or home under our names and that we're not even married and we haven't been each other for years. So we might not, or we might be together down the road. And that was absolutely normal. And that boiled my blood a lot. And honestly, I saw his face he thinks I didn't, but he was sitting right next to me. Like I saw his face and I I looked at his face and he was really looking at him to take it under consideration. Like he had that face, like thinking like, you know what? He's right. You know, like, and I was just like, is this guy like for real? And all I felt like I could do was be quiet. And that's because I just knew in my heart that everyone was going to try to manipulate me or gaslight me and try to contradict me and what I was saying. And you can just tell um, how these individuals were by hearing them speak in this particular meeting. And on top of that, like, I was I was born in a family where, where I was always told to keep my mouth shut, you know, even if I'm right. So I haven't, at the time, I have not grown that courage to speak up for myself. Um, but trust me, if they were speaking to me right now, I would not care. I would have said how, how it was. And if they didn't like it, I don't care. But Unfortunately, during that time, I feel like I just handled so much abuse because I feel like I couldn't do anything about it. You know, after that meeting, they told me to not break up with him. Um, but unfortunately, oh, well, no, fortunately for me, now that I see it, I broke it off with him a couple really? weeks ago. Yes. Um, Good for you. L- but let me tell you why, though. Um, we tried to read the five love languages, right? They they tried to like 
oh, like, here, read this book so you guys can understand each other. And he tried to understand mine and I tried to understand his, right? And things were, were going great. We were trying to work things out. Um, he even ended up setting up a date to go hiking, right? And he told me like, hey, you know, we're going to have quality time this weekend. Um, and he tells me the day before we go hiking, um, I need you to go to sleep early because we're going to have a long day and I want you to have a lot of energy. And so I did, right? Um, and for sleeping so early, I fell asleep like around 8.30 and I woke up around 4 a.m. And I normally get my phone and I happen to see his little brother on Instagram live. And as I continue to watch his live, um, I hear him say, we're barely coming back from this party. And I assume he meant him and his girlfriend, you know, but when he turns the camera, I see Eduardo right next to him. And Eduardo looks pretty lit, if you know what I mean, like pretty, pretty lit at 4 a.m. And look, I know me and him, we're not husband and wife, right? But if you're talking to me about a future, about having kids, wanting to grow a business together, um, wanting to me to open up to you about my past which is something i don't i don't do you know um especially if you're my significant other like it, until i feel like i have that connection with you i will begin to open up you're telling me to go to sleep early because we're both going to have a long day just to end up seeing you out partying um i find it suspicious and a bit hypocritical and because i know if it was me i'll be judged from head to toe you know, and not saying that I'm Mrs. Perfect, but I would also be considerate, like considerately real to let you know that I will be partying and be considerate about where I'm going. And, you know, obviously probably even invite you, like, because like, who doesn't want to invite their significant other to go out and party? Like, exactly. And the next day, he's an hour late. And he's the type of guy who loves to be on time, by the way. Um, I get in his car and he's wearing some shades. Doesn't, doesn't have much to say to me. And I already felt the vibe was off. Um, keep it in mind, I haven't told him that I know that he went out. And I don't know if his brother told him that I saw him on live. So I just played dumb because I did not want drama. And I just wanted to us have a good day. Right. Um, on the way to get breakfast, he asks me if I wanted Waffle House or go try this one plate, he one place that he likes. So I was like, let's go to this one place that you like, you know, because you know, I want it to be balanced, you know, something that he likes to do, something I like to do. We go to this place and as soon as we get there, I hear, Oh, hey Eduardo. And it's one of his friends. Um, you know, we both say hi. I thought it was consequently, you know, it, I thought it was a coincidence that she was there and then she ends up telling him like um hey did you get my text everyone's about to get here which made it seem like he already had planned that people were gonna come to this place and i thought we were supposed to have quality time so now i'm a bit bothered by this because one you know like i said i thought it was supposed to be just me and him um and he didn't even let me know that people were coming um you know he could have then open up with me like hey you know i wanted to hang out with some friends before we go out hiking 
And apparently that day he wanted to introduce me to someone very important to him, quote unquote, right? Um, and he didn't even let me know ahead of time. Um, so that was his plan, but I was not mentally prepared because a lot happened before he wanted me to introduce to that specific friend. Um, so I was I was pissed off, right? And I feel like he was putting his knees way above me at that moment. But I, I did my best to, to just put my selfish needs because at the time I felt like it was selfish that I didn't want his friends to be around um, to the side. And I tried my best to calm myself down. I told myself, it's not a big deal. As long as we go hiking by ourselves, that's what matters. Because he said we're going to go hiking. He didn't say we're going to go eating. So me being all this illusional girlfriend, like <laughs> I tried to look at him as good as possible and not look at the red flags. Um, because in my mind, I, I honestly thought that they were going to come hiking with us. So that's what kind of bothered me. But I just tried to let it go and like okay let's see how this works out right so then one of his friends kind of like rats him out by accident and she says like man last night was so fun Eduardo you were so drunk and I was like oh really and I saw his face and he, he looked shocked so I was like um oh yeah no no she she begins to tell me like oh yeah he was so drunk that he even fell down while dancing. Now, I'm not even mad that he went out to party like that. You know, I wasn't that infuriated. Um, I'm not mad that he got drunk, but dancing, like in my head, I'm like, who the hell are you dancing with? You know, I... why doesn't he want me to know? So I asked him politely, like, oh, so you went out? And he's like, oh, yeah, it was like a last minute thing. And I come to find out that that party was his female best friend's birthday. And I told myself, there could be no fucking way that it was a last minute thing because how are you gonna forget your best friend's birthday? You know what I'm saying? He then wants to introduce me to his friend, right? And I'm so bothered at this point that I just walk out of the restaurant and I go out and I see him so shook and mad because I left and I am quote unquote embarrassed him. And he gets in the car and he's so hungover and he makes me drive. And he doesn't even try to bring up the conversation or tries to figure out what's wrong. He's just quiet throughout the whole ride and goes to sleep. So once we get to the location, I bring it up. And he tries to flip this around me and says that I'm very immature for walking out of the restaurant and that he was going to introduce me someone very important. And I told him that it was immature for him telling me to go to sleep and to wake up early so he can go out partying all night and dancing with who knows who. And keep in mind, you know, I didn't go off on him like the way he went off on me when he came an hour late. You know what I'm saying? So... I feel like it was very misogynistic on his behalf that when he makes a mistake, it's not a big deal. But when I do something, it's just the end of the world. Um, that day, it was just a hassle. And honestly, we just compromised and 
I was just so scared to break things off at that specific moment. And I believe that I should have, but I just felt like I couldn't let go because of the business. And I felt like, I felt like I'll be so embarrassed to just break it off. You know, like, we, like, I feel like things were going great with the, you know, that I'm being introduced to a lot of people and I feel like I really had a big shot here. Right. Um, but honestly, looking back, I feel like I should have really broken up with him at that time because, um, he really acted like he didn't care that day. He gave no fucks. He didn't even want to be around me. He didn't even want to take pictures with me that day. Um, the pictures that he was taking were separate. Um, he didn't even post it that he was with me that same day that we went hiking. Um, so a couple of weeks down the line, you know, he then mentions about a show that's called You. Um, and how much it reminded him of us and that I should really watch it. Um, and keep in mind, this was just the first episode because you know the show about you, you know. Um, it's, yep. Yeah. It's not so, good. <laughs> it's, yes, it's not good. But he only saw the first episode. So yeah, it's not bad. The first episode is like him seeing the girl and he's like shocked, you know. So he's like so odd about the girl. So I guess that's why he told me that um, it reminded me of him. No, no, it reminded him of me, sorry. <laughs> And um, so once I had time on my hands, I watched it and it caught my attention and I called him and I'm like, oh, I just saw your first, I just saw the first episode of the show that you told me to watch. He goes on and say, oh, don't watch it because uh, the show is about the partner cheating and then you're going to think that I'm cheating. I'm like, <laughs> wait, hold on, what? I'm like, when have I accused you for cheating on me lately? Like, like, yeah, I, I question like, who were you dancing with? But like cheating, like, 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 you know, like he set himself up. You know what I mean? If this too fits my guy, like that you're exposing yourself here. Oh my gosh, Danny. I was like, oh my gosh, this, this guy is so dumb. You know, he goes on to say that, I apparently have trust issues and to not watch the show. I felt confused and I felt like he was kind of making me feel bad for even having a trauma, which has caused trust issues, right? And to begin with, I never had trust issues with him to the point where I like, I never had trust issues with him to the point where I felt like he would actually cheat on me. But yes, like there were some trust issues that built up when I found out some stories, you know, like from his friends, but I had the right to at least some of those emotions, you know, to a certain extent. It, I felt like there was something fishy going on, but I didn't have the facts. I didn't have the evidence and I couldn't just go jumping to conclusions and accusing him for it. You know what I'm saying? I then confronted him and letting him know that, you know, trust issues aren't just emotions that comes out of the blue. Like, you know, you know, in quick comment here, like trauma from the past that have caused you to have trust issues are real and they're very hard to heal. And I believe that you cannot entirely heal 
just by being by yourself. Because the true colors of the relationship doesn't just show up on how much you have healed, but by how much you have not healed. Right. You know, and, and let me tell you why. When you are the right person for each other, no matter what you've both been through, reassurance will always be there for you and your partner. If you truly love them for who they are and not just by interest or looks. And current trust issues are valid if you have facts and if you have like reasons to be suspicious. And I had a reason to be suspicious. You know, I had both. Um, For one, we can't hold hands. We can't kiss, hug in meetings, regardless if other couples are. So you allow other females to touch you, you know, like the cross line that came up to him and touched him in the back and was rubbing him and stuff. Okay, three, you disrespected me by yelling and using profanity, aka verbal abuse. And he wasn't like that in the beginning. So a big change of personality will get you suspicious on why all of a sudden you're changing. You know, before you're, you made multiple negative facial expressions. When I find, when I found out you went out um, to a party and danced with who knows who and, and got mad at me because I felt unsure. And honestly, I feel insecure about the situation, you know? Now, keep in mind, I never said that he was or is capable of cheating on me and never said I, you know, had like a like a very deep suspicion like, oh, yeah, you're cheating on me. Like I, I did. But I kept that to myself. I never told him, you know, um, I had the right to feel the suspicions uh, on him cheating that one night that he told me to go sleep early while he went out partying last, quote unquote, last minute, right? And I had told him about it, like, like, dude, I have the right to feel this way. Like, if you did this, he then raises his voice and proceeds to tell me, Jackie, I don't have to tell you anything and everything about me. And honestly, Danny, you know what? He's right. He's right. But let me let's clarify some stuff if you don't have to tell me anything and everything about yourself then why the fuck do I have to tell you everything about me because he would question me what am I doing who am I with where am I going you know the math ain't mathing even after we broke up he would still want to know these things at the end of the day misogynistic as fuck Mm -hmm. And so then I get offended by this point. And right here, I proclaim to him, fine, then let me make it easier for you. And I broke it off. And I hung up. And from there on out, um, I just, I feel like I should have just quit Amway, to be honest. But I was so brainwashed to believe I can make it here. And I was going to prove everyone wrong. And my ego got in the way. Um, and I, I was a single mom, you know, who wanted to give it off for my daughter. And I didn't huh. want her growing up seeing me being a quitter. Um, but instead, honestly, looking back, I should have focused what made me happy on the morals that my parents taught me growing up in order to teach my daughter to be true to herself. Um, yeah. 
You have to be a strong believer of God that with without him, there's no glory. You know, that's my belief. And that is how, but this is, this, I feel like this is how um, manipulated I was with Samantha. Samantha would always say, what if one day your children grow up to see this plan just to find out you had the same opportunity, but just decided to quit because it got hard in life. Yes. Oh God. I heard that too. And they would use that to me too. Oh my God. How fucked up and so predatory. And you're right. So manipulative because they knew you wanted to, you would have given your left arm if it meant you could do what was best for your daughter like you very clearly had showed that that was your truest passion that's why you made every decision that you did and they would say that and then you're just like oh shit like you're right like that could that could happen and I mean in retrospect I fucking shot my kid knows this is a fucking scam like but it's true because you're like oh shit because you still think oh this is the greatest opportunity in the world I don't want to fuck it up and then I don't want my kid to to see this and be like mom why the fuck didn't you do like that's so fucked up yeah it gets to your fucking head like you you really start to really believe like do I gotta give it my all they use your own children to keep you in honestly they they make you feel guilty even if you even if you think to leave or don't do enough in the business, they tell you if you're going, if, if you're not going out telling people about this opportunity, then you're just setting your children to failure, you know, or they'll tell you, I don't know about you, but my kids are going to have a big legacy in their hands when I leave this earth. What about you? Or this quote unquote right here. Just because you're not around your kid while building this business doesn't give you an excuse to not build it. It should be your reason because it will matter in the end. You see that? Those freaking quotes yeah. me for so long. Like, yeah. brainwashed me to believe that I could really achieve this business if I just stayed and never quit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's infuriating. Like, oh my God. But it's true, especially when when they use it, I feel like against quite a few people, especially couples who have kids, they'll use your kids. But I mean, I don't know if this was your experience with single moms, especially they would absolutely use that to prey upon the single moms the most. And then they would like start to compare the single moms like with each other, like, oh, that single mom can do it. Why can't you? Why is she willing to work harder for her child? But you're not. Yeah. All the time. They would tell me, oh, so-and-so is single and she's doing it. She's out there doing meeting greets and doing this. How come you're not? And I'm like, her lifestyle is probably completely different than mine. But now looking back at it, she probably was fucking suffering. I don't even know if she's still there. And if she is, I feel bad, you know, because dude, it got so bad, Danny, that my daughter began calling me by my name. She was not no longer wow. calling. He's two, you know. And around that time, your kids should know who the hell you are. But because I was around um, Amway so much and doing meetings and and really getting out of my comfort zone, going and trying to talk, I honestly, I I I barely had a meeting great, barely. I could not achieve anything. And I feel like when something is meant for you, no matter how much effort you put 
or how much less effort you put, things happen. But when something is not meant for you, no matter how much effort you put in, nothing will succeed, you know, and, um, and the brainwash doesn't just stop there. You know, I was obligated to listen to audios that particularly say the same thing in just different ways, um, read books that were pretty helpful, but it never really made changes in my finances. And I had to write summaries about it. And you know, what I find so funny is that they would require us, you know, people who didn't have any downlines to read every day, that there were no excuse to not listen or to read a book every single day. But yet they wouldn't do the, they wouldn't do the same most of the time because somehow they had too much time. They, they didn't have too much time in their hands, but get this. It was actually a rule in their group to prove that you're reading and listening to an audio that you had, you were required, like everyone is required, but they wouldn't set the example. And it came to the point where I didn't even have the funds to pay for the audios anymore. My my ex would try to send me some audios to listen, you know, to finish my BMP and stuff. Um, but one day I just stopped listening to those audios and just listened to my music. And the weight off my shoulder just felt so good that I didn't look back to listen to an audio again. The only time I would listen to an audio is like when we're on the way to a function and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> deep down, I'm like, what am I still doing here? Why can't I not leave? I feel like I could not leave because there was like that little small part of me like, let me just see, let me just see, maybe I can make it, maybe something will change, but nothing was changing, you know? And I would go to meetings and I would have to put up and listen to upline stating like, if your business is not growing, it's because you're not listening to your audios and reading your books. You need to be doing your BMP every day that we need to challenge ourselves. And they would guilt trip us if like we don't read the books or listen to the audios. And the fact that, you know, they would make money out of this and they will still guilt trip you, you know, they wouldn't tell us. And I ended up finding out because of you guys, you know? Yeah. Wow. Do you guys have to do book reports? Yeah, we have to like write, write about the um, audio and then we have to write about what we read. And sometimes we would have to get into detail. What? God, yeah. Like, it angers me because I'm like, okay, who the fuck does that as an adult? Unless like, like for me, sometimes if I know I need to remember something, all right, yeah, good, sure, whatever. Or, or I remember in Worldwide, they would have us send Kates about it. They would be like, oh, send a Kate about the book you read. You're not even getting paid from this organization. They're not paying you for your time. So not only are you spending all of your time reading these books because they quote, make you successful, but they're adding this additional shit for no reason. That's so much of your time, like that they wasted. And like you said, they're not even doing it themselves. What the fuck? Yeah. Honestly, it was a waste of time because the the that time that I was giving and listening to the audios and reading the books and then typing the summaries that what I read and listened, that could have been the time that I could have spent time with my daughter. Because it was usually about the end of the night. And my daughter is like, come cuddle with me. And I'm like, I can't, baby. I'm reading. You know, and it's just, it sucks. And by the, and you know, and sometimes I try to cuddle with her. And it, it, it's hard because while you're cuddling with your daughter and you have this heavy routine throughout the day, what do you want to do? You want to go to sleep. 
you know, and I don't think these people really are considerate enough to understand what it's really like to be a single mom. And the fact that they, they were kind of racist, pretty, they, they had some facts, but I thought it was pretty messed up how they said um, that us Latin and Black people tend to do the things the opposite way because we tend to get into a relationship, have sex, then have a child, and then get married, and then want to build a business. And I did not. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, I'm so sorry. That triggers me so much because it doesn't matter (laughs) what age or sexual orientation or like race, gender identity, it doesn't matter. Everybody can make a mistake in their life. It's like, yeah. it's not like anybody's like, hey, you know what? You see that fuck up right over there? You know what? I'm ch- I choose him. I'm gonna reproduce with him and it's gonna all be good. No, no, not at all. That's not how it works. And to put it into like to make it racist and and to say that to your group of people, your whole community, people are supposed to be your best friends, travel the beaches of the fucking world, but you're going to deliberately degrade somebody because of their ethnic background, which has literally nothing to do with making that type of decision. A lot of the times it comes from generational trauma. A lot of the times it comes from us, like not knowing what kind of love that we deserve rather than, you know, accepting what we personally think we deserve. Like it does not matter. Or, I mean, there are things that come from like ethnic backgrounds, like generational trauma or generational poverty, like all of these things, sure, can be attributed to that. But nothing fucking derogatory should ever come about anybody's background, regardless. Like, I'm so sorry that you experienced that. And I hear that so much, so much towards people of color, all different types of people of color. And a lot of the time, it's people who are Black or it's people who are Hispanic. Like, it's so frustrating. Like, anybody who is a part of the Latin community is facing those same exact things. And like, how do you push against that with this power dynamic? Like, how how do you push back? How do you tell them like, hey, that's fucked up. Like, you can't fucking say that. You can't. You just have to endure it. Yeah, you have to like suck it up and and hear them out. And the most fucked up part is that um, the guy that I was with agreed what he says. Like, oh, that's so true. And he's like, that's why my family are not in the right ways. Like, if you've noticed, you know, they, they're not millionaires. So I don't take advice from them. And I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, the it doesn't matter what step you start with. Yes, it may hold you back on some stuff. But I feel like nothing in this world is a mistake. Nothing in this world that you do... Um, it's it's not part of God's plan you know everything is work and everything is divine in a certain order because he wanted it that way and that's 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 what I believe you know and at the end of the day another thing that would just set us more apart between me and this guy is that he had different beliefs you know I think he was a Buddhist I guess he would tell me he would question me about my God he would tell me that you know there's some stuff that just doesn't make sense and I feel like because being with him, my belief and my faith with God began to lower. And that's why I feel like I can relate a lot with Ashley's podcast, because I feel like, man, I, I get where you're coming from, girl. Um, with with me, you know, this guy, um, I remember when we first were together, he, I told him, like, hey, you know, like, I'm going to church. Do you want to come with me? And he kind of made me feel like 
you know, he had some type of belief towards God or, you know, because maybe in my head, I was like, maybe he's Catholic, but at the end of the day, we believe in the same God, right? Um, no, he ends up telling me later on while we're going on the second um, church, um, what's it called? Second week going to church, right? Um, I'm not about to be going to church with you every week. The only reason why I went with you the other day is because you asked me to. And I'm like, uh, okay. But the way I told you is the way he, the way he said it to me. He's just said it so kind of brutal. And I was just like, is this guy just doing things for me just to like get in my pants or, or what? You know, like it just, it's just the math is not math. And like, if you didn't want to come in the first place, don't pretend to be your someone you're not. You know what I'm saying? And oh, absolutely. You know, th- I, I would think that things were get better after me and him broke up. Um, but no, things um things kind of went down, you know. I, I did my best to focus on myself, uh, but things were getting harder because one, Samantha was just so upset with me about breaking up with him. Um, she honestly did not want to hear it. She rolled her eyes, smacked her lips, and she told me, why didn't you talk to me about this first? Um, She questioned me on why I did not call her. I explained to her, like, it's it's hard to reach out to you. You know, it was late at night. It was past nine. And she rolled her eyes at me again. And I started to slowly see her true colors right there, you know. And keep in mind, at first, me and Eduardo, we were good. There was no drama. We acted like nothing ever happened, but again, when you show things under the carpet for so long, the carpet can only hide so much until there's no more space to hide, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I got so tired of him trying to make it seem like we were still together. It's it's small details. Like I'm, I really study how people are. The things that he would do while he was with me during the meetings, he will still try to do them even though we've broken up. And by that, like, I mean, I would try to go to my seat and keep in mind, I would have my, my notebook and my pen on there. And as soon as I'm about to sit down, he would automatically grab my book and my pen and hand it over to me. And I didn't think much of it at first, but it was a repetitive move. And I don't see any uplines doing that to their downlines and vice versa. Um, he would try to walk me to my car. He would try to ask me more about my day, about my daughter, and even try to take me out um, just to hang out, you know, go, um, you know, talk to people, get people in the business. Um, and I feel like slowly he was trying to lure me back in. And since I still had feelings for him, um, I thought things could work out in the future. And this one time he he called me and he told me to come over. He, surprisingly, I didn't I didn't think much about that. We were just going to talk in the car. But he went to go buy some wine. He got me drunk. And well, you guessed it. Yeah. And look, girl, we, we've all been there. All of us, you know, if you haven't been there, well, I hope you never get there. You know, I don't I don't I don't wish that on nobody. But we oh, all yeah. make vision. And you know what? It can even happen to guys, too. So absolutely you want to judge me by that whatever I don't care it happened to me and I'm being very vulnerable and open up about it 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 happens to a lot of us and a lot of men try to use our you know our body to practically take control of the situation you know and 
when that happened, I really believe because of that night, I thought he really wanted to get back together. But instead, he stated that we were not, quote unquote, financially advanced in our life and that we could not get back together until something upgraded in our life. And I was like, what? I was like, why would we want to get together until we have more money? Real love is tested through hardship while being together, not being separate and seeing if I can make money so you can get back with me or I can get back with you. You know? Honestly, in my opinion, I believe that he was influenced by his mentors to say that or he was just simply a gold digger, un mantenido, which we like to say a man who likes to be maintained in Spanish. That's crazy. So during this time, like, when did you finally, like, when did you finally decide to leave the business? And what was your like final straw? My final straw was the last function I went with. Um, It was, it started to begin, it began falling apart during the second last function I went. He ended up bringing someone else to the team. And it took him, I think, over another year to bring someone else. And surprisingly, this guy's actually friends with my with my husband. Small fucking world, bro. And my husband, my husband was like, yeah, I remember he tried to get me into it, but I didn't, I didn't pay attention to that. We're going to call him Chris. So Chris um, was part of our team. And I really believe Chris did know that me and Eduardo were together. Um, but I'm not so sure, but I really do believe, and here's why, because he would post me on Facebook that we, you know, like Christmas pictures, New Year's pictures, hiking, you know, um, us going out to eat, um, and they were friends on Facebook. So, um, this one time we went on to a function and Chris was taking pictures of Eduardo and was like, dang, my boy looks good, man. I'm about to hook you up with some single friends of mine. And that hurt me to the core because it was like, um, do you, do you not know I'm his ex? And like, you know, that's very disrespectful, you know, in my head, right? And I would look at Eduardo and Eduardo would laugh. Like he was laughing like so his cheeks were red. You know, like he thought it was hilarious what was going on. And all I could do was just look down and and try to act like that never happened. And it was like a little trauma that happened right there that I just ignored the pain. You know, I just looked past it. And I was just like, focus on yourself, Jackie, just focus on yourself. And that was when I started to see things were falling apart. Um, and I guess Chris thought that I was, he was getting on my nerves. And so then his whole personality changed with me. So he brought in his girlfriend. We're going to call her Lily. And Lily at first was very sweet. Um, I really believe that, um, since we, we, you know, Eduardo was growing his, his group. Um, I believe that he finally brought a female into the team and I finally was going to have a female to bond with and to grow the business with and, you know, but 
at the same time, I feel like there was a bit of competition. I don't, I don't know. I feel like they would kind of push her against me. I don't know if she was told something because look, her, her personality was very sweet. I was very genuine at first, the first meeting. Then the second meeting, it just clearly changed. She was super cold. She didn't want to talk to me. She didn't look at me. Um, and I just realized she just didn't want to do nothing with me when I showed her a picture of my daughter and I seriously saw her eyes well. And I was like, what did I do to her? Like, I don't even know you, you know, for you to Aww. act. And when that happened, um, I just realized, like, I don't I don't think this is going to work out. And, you know, before that, I was trying to look for a job so hard because um, before Chris was on in the group, I was really trying to prove myself that I can get a job and I can handle myself because I really, honestly, I was so gullible. I really thought that me and him could get back together because like, like I was so brainwashed to believe that, oh, because my mentors, they broken up too. And they got back together later on the road. Like this could be me and Eduardo too. You know, like I was so brainwashed to believe that. And so for what happened is that after um, Chris and his girlfriend, Lily, got into the team, um, I was really looking hard. And I guess since I was, the more I was pushing Amway out of my life, I feel like the more opportunities began to open on the other side. Yeah. And you know how, like, you ever seen the image where you're holding on to a rope and the more the rope pulls, it suffocates your hand. So I feel like I was slowly pulling the rope that was suffocating my hand and releasing a lot of opportunities into my life. That's how yeah. I saw it. And that what my final straw was when I went to the last function. Honestly, it was kind of my fault. Um, my jealousy did get in the way. I'll be really open about that. Um, he is very shady and he likes to gaslight in ways where he would try to make me look crazy. And let me tell you why. The way I explained to you how he would grab my notebook and pick it up and give it to me, um, he started to doing it to her. But let me tell you this, his man was not around. Her man was not around. Because when her man was around, he wasn't doing those little details, picking up her notebook, giving it to her. But since he was not around because he couldn't go to that function, he started to like pick up the the notebook, give it to her. And then he wouldn't pay no mind to me. And so then I, I found that a bit shady. And like I tell you, I really study people's, um, the way they are. You know, I, I study their personality. I study their traits. And when I saw that he was just getting too close to her, whispering in her ear and stuff, um, I was just like, I, I, I did get jealous. So when it was time for a break, I got up and I sat next to her and I was just trying to, you know, act like I was talking to her. But then he's so stupid and sitting there, I didn't know much of the business more than he did. So she had questions for me that I didn't understand. So then he proceeds to tell me to to move from the chair because he was sitting there because I don't know the questions to the answer. And I, I don't know the answers to the questions, excuse me. And I sat to the other side and I was like, man, I feel stupid. 
And I, I told myself, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I being here? Why am I here? Why am I with this guy? Life is, is horrible. I lost my purse before coming to this function, my driver's license, like everything's going to hell. And I'm like, he is my bad luck. You know, he is the reason why I am, I'm, I'm doing bad in life. You know, being with him just lures a lot of drama, a lot of chaos into my life. Like I, I am no longer speaking with my family because of this guy. My mom hates the fact that I'm here. My dad doesn't even want to look at me. My daughter's calling me by my name. That's when I had the courage to get up and I just walk off. And when I, as soon as I walk off, I accidentally trip and I hit one of the mentor's head pretty hard and he happened to be the main leader and I forgot what his name was but um, it happened to be Michael's father and I remember that when I hit him he I was going to say sorry but he looked at me so mad and he was like <sighs> and I was just like man that's what you get and so I left and I didn't tell Eduardo where I was going I just left and I feel like I, I the big weight off my shoulders and honestly I went to my room and I'm knocked out I didn't care they expected me to really um sacrifice my sleep my health in order to hear the same shit again talk yeah. about in the business like I get it like you know I, I thought that was so dumb and there were there were times too where I, I started to see the big change in between this guy Eduardo because during the second last function, I remember that on the way back, he um, he, he kind of shamed me in front of everyone. And David asked one of us like, okay, who's gonna be um, Eduardo's next big up downline? Like who's gonna be the one doing the work in the team? So everyone there is very competitive and everyone's like, oh, I am, you know, I am. So. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I am. I'm going to do it, you know. And so then Eduardo's like having a face like, uh-huh. And I asked him like, oh, you don't believe I can do it? And then he's like, what I believe is that you need to be a bit more humble. And I was like, what? Oh my God. And I was like, are, are you serious? I felt like he just put my self-esteem so low. He was the last relationship that I was with um before I met my husband you know like I, I would go out on dates don't get me wrong but I could not commit myself with someone because I I really felt like um I was going to be alone for the rest of my life yeah I would wow. even talk I mean like I'm, no, I'm not getting into another relationship like fuck this men are all the same like they just want your money nowadays man they just want to be maintained um they want to do this half and half shit like no like I might as well just do it all by myself you know what I'm saying and yeah. it came to the point where I, I finally got a good job and I decided to leave and I was like you know what I finally got a good job and I feel like I got a good job because I've been leaving this business behind and I told Eduardo, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer going to do this. I left respectfully as much as I could. Um, but since then, I, um, no one ever reached out to me. And I feel grateful, you know. The only time he ever reached out to me was when um, he sent me the podcast, which I thought it was super weird because I even told Ksenia, 
why would he send me that podcast? Why would he act himself? Almost like acting like as he was a victim in a way. Yeah, yeah. But he, I feel like he was mostly part of the act than a victim. Yeah. You know, I don't know his story. I don't care about his story. Um, yeah. I just care that I got out and I have my kids, my two beautiful daughters, and I have an amazing husband. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, my husband was a prospect <laughs> uh, that I tried to lure in, but um, I couldn't really drop the message for him because I saw something else in him that I did not want to ruin. Because keep in mind, I was homeschooled when I was, I was in high school, so I didn't have friends. And most of the friends that I would have to connect with when I was with an Amway, um, most of them they, they didn't even remember me. You know, you can't even remember most of the people you went to middle school with, right? Unless right, you right. And yeah, people were like, like, who's this? Like, I don't know who you are. You're trying to hear sell me like some scam shit, you know, like and yeah. most of the people that remembered me, like we no longer could reconnect after leaving Amway because they felt like I was going to try to lure them into yeah. Amway. And then some people that I did grew up with, you know, during my, like, like around I was 17, 18, they no longer talked to me because they felt like also I was trying to lure them into some element scam. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's intense. Wow. Wow. Okay, your story is incredible and just so intense. And I, the vulnerability that you have shown here is amazing. And I can't thank you enough for being so vulnerable because you went through a lot and none of it was ever justified, whether it was from your ex or your upline or hell, even cross line. Like that is just hands down evil. Amway is evil, in my opinion based on personal experiences and worldwide, worldwide, like these organizations are toxic. They are cult-like. They are really, really bad. And I, wow. Like I, I'm almost speechless. Like I am, I am really, really grateful that you came on here, especially somebody who can represent that, that single mom life, because you know what? it does add to it. It does add difficulties. It adds trauma. It adds so much. And I've been there too. You know, it's, they prey upon so many different people's people and they find you in your worst moments. They get to know you, they use those things against you. And then something really, something pretty bad has to happen for us to finally decide to leave. It's like a toxic domestic violence relationship. From yes. with the upline that doesn't even yeah. speak to any significant others we had so wow and life now it sounds like is amazing so much better yeah than why you were in worldwide i feel like uh, worldwide ah uh, yes yes i feel like life is way much better because now i feel like i can make my own decisions you know like with them i couldn't even make a decision buying a car they scold me so bad for buying a car because I got a 2016 Toyota Corolla and they were like, Oh my God, like Jacqueline, how much are you paying for that? I was like 400. They're like, Oh my God. Hey, are you serious? You need to buy like a 2002 Honda paying 200 a month, a hundred dollars for insurance. I was like, 
I have a child. Um, and for a car like that, I, I feel like it was going to break down probably not just once, but multiple times, you know, like I'm going to be investing the same thing, fixing up the car. Like I'm paying this car. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. And, and you're getting safety, peace of mind. Exactly. You know, and I'm just glad that my life, it, it, it was, it was a long journey to really get to where I am. Uh, I'm not saying it was easy to get here. And I feel like things they work out for the better you know um I guess I don't know this guy from what I hear he's he's not at his best moment in life I guess at one point he was going to get married but I guess things didn't go well for him and I mean I have I can't I can't say that I I don't have any like how can I say I don't hate him but I just don't like him you know what I mean yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He it, did a it, lot. It's like, it's someone that, it's like, you, you know, someone who's poisonous, you know? And the fact that he sent me that, I feel like it was, it had something more to do than just sending me the podcast. I feel like it was more like an initiation of a conversation. Yeah. To try to speak with me, knowing that I have a full on husband and a full-on family and why yeah. why out of your own way you know to just do that that's but, weird totally valid you know I would I would feel the same way if my ex-significant other like that was abusive send me any sort of well he'd have to send it through the mail and I have to accept it because he's in prison thank god but you know I'm just saying like it's it is different and I don't blame you for wanting to protect yourself and your being and um yeah I Again, I can't thank you enough for coming here and being so willing to share so much of yourself with us to be able to help spread awareness. And again, I really hope this has been a healing process for you. Um, if you could leave the audience with anything, what would it be? Um, I would leave them that don't be afraid to speak up for your, for yourself. Don't be afraid to tell your story. Uh, at the end of the day, no matter what you do, whether it's good or bad, people are always going to talk shit. So just leave it at that. Um, do what you feel like, you know, it's right, you know, under God's eyes, you know, at the end of the day, speak up about your story, speak up about this awareness. Don't let other people take control of your life because you not speaking about your experience is you allowing the people from the past taking control of your life. I love that. Yes. Oh, I love it. Well, I, again, I, again, I, I cannot thank you enough. I've truly enjoyed listening to your story and getting to know you as a person. And again, getting to help spread that awareness because you guys, Amway truly hurts people. They are harmful. They're predatory. And, and yes, Amway co-signs these lines of affiliation. So they are equally in my humble opinion, as guilty as Brit worldwide, worldwide, LTD, URA, all of these different lines of affiliation. So again, do with that information what you will, but I would highly encourage you. If you want to share your story, please DM me on Instagram at xsnt.podcast. You guys can find me on TikTok at the same handle anywhere where podcasts are heard. Thank you so much again, Jackie. I appreciate your time and we'll catch you guys in the next episode.